Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time in worship and how fitting the music is to be still and know. Father, in this time, we will wait on you. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place today. Begin to work in the hearts of those. Soften the heart to hear this message today. We will wait patiently as you renew our strength through this time. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So before we get started, I know you all were expecting Pastor Steve this morning, and I was too. I was ready to sit back there at the kids' table and welcome all the kids like I do. And then Deidre called me yesterday and asked if I would be willing to give the message. And I said, no. And she said, hold on. Let me explain. And so Pastor Steve is not doing well right now. And so, like, if you would continue to pray for him. Um, so I'm up here because I am being obedient to my father. You see, circumstances happen and can be pretty inconvenient to the plans that you already have in place. But if we're not careful, we can snuff out something that God is preparing for us and also preparing us for. So this message is either for one person, for many people, for the whole body, or for just me because the Lord is definitely uh, stretching me right now. Pastor Steve knows that if I'm going to come up here, I need at least two, if not a month, two months in advance so I can really scour the scriptures, so I am fully prepared on what I'm doing, and I did not even have 24 hours. So it's, here we go. So Happy New Year's Eve, everyone. And if you are on social media, I'm sure you've seen this one flying around that says, I just realized that December 31st, 2023 stands for 123. One, two, three. No? Okay. <laughs> I got some yes. Yeah, so, yes. So, that's going out. So, so, we are in the beginning of a two-part series on the basics of Christianity. And I've been milling this over, and I'm sure if we asked a few Christians, we would all get different answers of those basics. But they would all center around Jesus and salvation. So the three questions that come to mind are, who were you before you met Jesus? How did you meet Jesus? And who are you now? And some of you are like, hey, wait a minute. Aren't those the same question you ask when you're writing out your testimony? Why, yes, you are correct. I will be giving mine today. So the basics of Christianity all start when you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Your testimony begins when you shed light to the past that you have repented of and how God has redeemed you from it and how you are moving toward his love and forgiveness every day and sharing with those around you. It is a journey. So if you would please turn with me to Luke chapter 15. We're going to be reading the story of the prodigal son, starting in verse 11, Luke 15, verse 11. 
And he said, he said, meaning Jesus, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine rose in that country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with one of with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. Verse 17. But when he came to himself. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. The story goes on for there, but I'm going to stop right there. So if we're all honest with ourselves, we can easily place ourselves in that story. And see, my story started long time ago. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but long time ago, And I was one of those kids that my family went to church. We were Catholic. We went to church on Christmas and we went to church on Easter. But the thing about my family, we were, my family was migrant. There were migrant workers. And so we traveled all over the United States and wherever there was work to be done, that's where we went. And so there wasn't a lot of time to, to sit in a community and get to know people or get to know the church. And so we kind of just traveled all around. So fast forward, when I was 15 years old, I got uh, the chance to go live with my brother who lived in South Carolina. And I was there to babysit his kids for the summer and, re- and then decided, I think I like it here. I think I'm going to stay. And so my brother allowed me to stay. And I grew up in Blue Ridge, South Carolina. Look it up. It's really itty bitty. It's over by Greenville. And I was living with my brother, and we decided, hey, 4th of July, 1996 is coming up. Why don't we go to the beach? Great idea. Myrtle Beach, 4th of July. It's going to be awesome. And then I realized that I'm going to the beach with my brother and his wife and my niece and nephew. And I'm like, well, that doesn't spell party, really. So off we went. We had a great time. The fireworks went off. It was amazing. And then I asked if I could go to the beach by myself because I needed 
some time, and my brother allowed me to go to the beach by myself. It was dark. People were still milling around. And as I was walking um, to the beach, um, a thought went through my head. And the thought was, if I kept on walking, would anybody notice or even recognize that I was gone? That thought scared me. I actually want to talk to the teens really quick right now. If you have thoughts that are not loving, that are not worthy, that are not praiseworthy, that don't speak love, it is not from the Lord. Do not listen to it. But the next question scared me even more. And that question was, what am I doing here? And as I stood there thinking these huge thoughts as a 15-year-old girl, there was a group sitting around a bonfire and someone was playing a guitar. I think this is where my love of acoustic music comes from. And the guitar player made eye contact with me. And he, along with someone else, came over. And they made small talk, you know, what's your name, where are you, where are you from, all of those things. And then the guitar player proceeded to tell me that I was created for a purpose and that God has a plan for me. It may be hard to see them right now, but hold tight to him and he will reveal them in his time. Talk about divine appointment. So there I was on Myrtle Beach, July 4th of 1996. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I would be leading you astray and be a huge hypocrite if I stood up here and I told you that it was an easy ride. And I always clung to him. Not at all. It was hard. It was super hard. After that, my brother was not impressed at all. They gave me a Bible. This is my Bible. I still have it. And I even wrote in the front of it, Cindy Melchor, that was my name, got saved July 4th, 1996, on the beach. I still have my Bible. I was on fire for God. I plugged into a local church who helped me get on my feet. I was part of a thriving youth group. And then life happened after I graduated. And like the story in the prodigal, I was given the riches and I gathered them and I took them on this journey and I squandered them. I started living my life the way I wanted to, but still had that foot in the faith side, going to church, doing all the things. God let me ride that fence for a long time. Fast forward to June of 2003, the year that I married my husband. We found a church in Freeport, Minnesota, and started getting back to where we needed to be. And then we found out in April of 2004 that we were expecting our first baby boy in January. You can do the math. We didn't wait long. And we named him Wyatt. 
He was our little cowboy. And we were so excited. Everything was great. My pregnancy was great. Everything was going just great. And then just like in verse 14 of the prodigal, the famine hit. And on December 22nd, we went into the hospital because I couldn't feel Wyatt moving anymore. And that was the day that our whole world came crashing down. I was 38 weeks along. Our child, our baby cowboy, our little cowboy was stillborn. We were sent home so that we could prepare for the next day because I had to deliver him. Telling the family, letting them all know what had happened. Family wanting to come be with us. And Clay and I just said, no, it needs to be just us. We need to process this. So the next day, the 23rd, we went in and delivered Wyatt at 10.40 p.m. It was a long, long labor. And he was perfect. He was perfect. But God... It was in this tornado of emotions that I sat in the eye of the storm. Like in verse 17 of the prodigal, I came to myself. I came to myself. And in verse 20 where it says the father saw him, the father saw me from a long way off. And he felt compassion for me. He didn't bring Wyatt back, but he was calling me home. There I was, the fork in the road, and I was either going to give in to my emotions and and allow my flesh to win and and just let people know how angry I am. And how sad I am that I don't get to bring my baby back. One of the hardest things was hearing babies crying on that floor. And all the joy and not hearing mine. I wanted to give in to that. To that anger to push people away. Or was I going to give in to God? And allow him to renew my strength. I chose him. I chose him. And I was a 15-year-old girl all over again remembering the promise that God spoke over me. That he had plans for me. And he will reveal them in his timing. If I hold fast to him. God took me in his loving arms, and he lavished his love on me. If you don't have a life verse yet, I would, I would suggest getting one. Because this life verse, anytime, it, it's my go-to. It's Proverbs 3, 5, 6. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So December 23rd has come and gone, or 31st. 
And we just had Wyatt's 19th heavenly birthday. It's been 19 years. And I miss him every single day. And just like the proverb says, I am trusting in the Lord with all of my heart. I must. For me, there's no other logical choice. And if I lean on my own understanding, I'm going to mess things up every time. And if I acknowledge God in all of my decisions, he will make my path straight. Doesn't mean that there's not going to be lumps and bumps in the road, but he will always lead me straight to him. There's a song that Natalie Grant released in 2005. And such a perfect timing. God's timing is always perfect. But when this song came out, I remember sitting in my garage or driveway in my car holding on to my steering wheel as I heard this song. And it was just God's way of saying, I am here for you, daughter. I know it hurts, but I'm here for you. Let me love you. I want to share these lyrics with you. They say, two months is too little. They let him go. They had no sudden healing. To think that Providence would take a child from his mother while she prays is appalling. Who told us we'd be rescued? What has changed and why should we be saved from nightmares? We're asking why this happens to us who have died to live. It's unfair. This hand is bitterness. We want to taste it and let the hatred numb our sorrow. But then the wise hand opens slowly to lilies of the valley and tomorrow. If hope is born of suffering, if this is the only the beginning, can we not wait one hour watching for our Savior? And the chorus says, this is what it means to be held, how it feels when the sacred is torn from your life and you survive. This is what it means to be loved and to know that the promise was when everything fell, we would be held. He knows what we need when we need it. And I needed that at that moment. So like me, you don't know when you will be put on the spot to give your testimony. But I want to encourage you because it can change someone's eternity. It is New Year's Eve and how fitting is it that 2024 is just right around the corner So I'm going to challenge you to go home and spend time writing out your testimony. The questions were, who were you before you met Jesus? How did you meet Jesus? Or I like to call it my aha moment. Or maybe you haven't made the commitment to follow Jesus. So let me ask you this. How far off are you from seeing the father, just like the prodigal? could see his father, but the father saw him a long way off. You don't know how much road you have left to travel. And the third one is, who are you now? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, 
for the honor and privilege of sharing just a bit of my testimony. I ask, Lord, that by me sharing, I pray that someone was able to find some reprieve and know that you are there. That you are waiting with your loving arms wide open and to welcome them home. That you see them a far way off and you have compassion on them. And as we come with all of our excuses as to why we squandered the riches and we did all of this and we did that and we've sinned and we've done this. And to hear you say, put the best robe on them and put a ring on their finger because they are mine. And put shoes on their feet so they can go out and share their testimony with others. Father, I pray that you are working on hearts right now. That we do not leave this place without knowing where our eternity is going to be. Thank you so much, Lord. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Uh, Final thought. We all have a testimony to share. Some are long, some are short, and some haven't even begun. So spend some time writing yours out before the new year. Your, your testimony is beautiful, it is unique, and only you can share it. So God has written yours, so go and share it. Don't go into the new year without that purpose, all right? Ready? One, two, three, one, two, three, go. We have one more song. <laughs>